0: The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533.
1: La ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to Message of Islam. Here at Message of Islam, we seek to educate the general public on issues, questions and concerns, and all that you need to know about the true Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawcett. The message of Islam is sponsored and brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And for the knowledge of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations within Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age, in the person of his holiness mirza ghulam ahmed may peace be upon him the Ahmadiyya muslim community is also spread across over 200 countries and is a peace loving religious community we reject any form of violence against god's creation the motto for the Ahmadiyya muslim community is love for all and hatred for none in the course of today's program, if you wish to be part of it, kindly do so by way of WhatsApp message and you can send your messages to 876 Again, 876 Also, if you meet us halfway and you would want to enjoy the full episode, you can visit our Facebook page, that is facebook.com slash Jamaica, And this and the previous episodes of Message of Islam are going to be available for you to enjoy. Today on Message of Islam, we are taking a look at one of the fundamental you know, figures in the uh, world's most popular religions. That is the Prophet Abraham and who is called in islam as the prophet ibrahim may allah be pleased with him god the almighty has indicated and of course he has told us in the uh, the scriptures both the bible and also in the holy quran that he was a beloved of god in the bible and also in the holy quran it is clearly stated that he was the friend of god the almighty but then he lived for many years without a child and then when he was blessed with one eventually god the almighty asked him to sacrifice the son for the sake of god he is reported to have complied with the divine instruction that he received in the dream but then god the almighty told him that he did not want human sacrifice however he wanted to test his faith, and then he gave him a ram to use as the sacrifice but the most controversial aspect of this story is the figure of who was intended for the sacrifice we know from the bible and also from the holy quran that the prophet abraham may peace upon him had two sons hazard ishmael and hazard isaac one of them was intended for the sacrifice however the bible states that it was isaac who was intended for the sacrifice the Holy Quran also clearly states that it was Hazrat Ishmael who was intended for the sacrifice. Today, we are going to look at both the Bible and the Holy Quran to see exactly who was intended for this unprecedented sacrifice. To do this, I have invited Imam Tariq Azim, who is the president and missionary in charge, to take us through exactly which of the two sons of Prophet Abraham was intended for this sacrifice, Imam Tariq Azim Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuhu, and welcome to Message of Islam.
0: Wa Alaikum as Wa Rahmatullahi Wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of God Almighty be upon you and all the listeners. And thank you for having me.
1: So, as I stated, whenever this question is asked on the street, which of the sons of the Prophet Abraham was intended for the sacrifice? Without thinking deeper about it, anybody would say it Isaac because that is what the Bible purports to say. But the Holy Quran gives a different view and says that, no, it was not Isaac, but it was Ishmael. Can you tell listeners exactly what the Holy Quran says and who was intended for this?
0: Yes, as you have stated that uh, the Bible uh, says that it was Prophet Isaac. That was supposed to be slaughtered. God Almighty had shown Prophet Abraham in a dream. That Prophet Isaac, according to the Bible, was supposed to be slaughtered and or sacrificed. This is mentioned in chapter 22 of Genesis, verses 1 and 2. And uh, it says that, Some time later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied, then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac and go to the region of Moriah, or sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. So here, as we can see, this is taken from Genesis, book of Genesis, chapter 22. And according to the Bible, it was Isaac that was to be sacrificed on the mountain, on the hill. Holy Quran, on the other hand, has talked about this incident in chapter 37. Chapter 30, 37 of the Holy Quran and uh, it talks about Prophet Ishmael uh, being that, you know, a child that was to be sacrificed. So if you read from chapter 37 verses 101 and onwards, uh, I will read the translation and you can follow. It says, My Lord, grant me a righteous son. This is Prophet Abraham praying to God Almighty while he has no son yet. So he says, While uh, so he says, my Lord, grant me a righteous son. So we gave him the glad tidings of a forbearing son. And when he, the child, was old enough to work with him, he said, "O my dear son, I have seen in a dream that I am slaughtering thee. So consider what thou thinkest of it." He replied, "O my father, do as thou art commanded." Thou wilt find me, if Allah pleases, of those who are patient. And when they both submitted to the will of God, and He had thrown Him down on His forehead, we called him, we called to Him, O Abraham, Thou hast indeed fulfilled the dream, thus indeed do we reward those who do good. That surely was a manifest trial. And we ransomed Him with a great sacrifice, And we left for him a good name among the following generations. Peace be upon Abraham. And then these verses, uh, this is up to 110. And then you look at the next couple of verses. It says, Thus do we reward those who do good. Surely he was one of our believing servants, and we gave him the glad tidings of Isaac, a prophet, and one of the righteous. So up to here, you can see that first God Almighty was talking about Prophet Ishmael and uh, expl- uh, talking about the incident of the sacrifice and then the child, second one, the glad tiding is given regarding him, that is Isaac. So according to the Holy Quran, according to Islam, the child that was to be sacrificed is Prophet Ishmael and uh, this is almost, uh, you know, uh, quite clear from these verses that I have presented just now. And uh, if you look at the Bible as well more closely, more clearly, you would see, you would find uh, clues or you would find hints that indicate that it was actually uh, Ishmael that was uh, to be slaughtered, to be sacrificed, not Isaac. And again, this proves the truthfulness and the accuracy that is mentioned in the Holy Quran. For this, firstly, you can take a look at the, uh, you know, Um, biblical reference from Numbers, book of Numbers, chapter 8, verse 17. Uh, It is mentioned here that every firstborn male in Israel, whether human or animal, is mine. When I struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, I set them apart for myself. So here in the Bible, uh, basically, uh, in a way, a custom or tradition is settled that the firstborn is always the one sacrificed. When you look at the children of Abraham, Prophet Abraham, peace of uh, peace and blessings of God be upon him, uh, Isaac and Ishmael, which of them is firstborn? Very clearly we know from the Bible that Prophet Ishmael was born when Prophet Abraham was 86 years of age. Prophet Isaac was born when Prophet Abraham was 100 years of age. So Prophet Ishmael is much older and the firstborn, so therefore it was regarding him, That because based on the tradition, the custom, uh, Prophet uh, Abraham thought that it is referring that he should be slaughtered. And, you know, he asked him to come along and Prophet Ishmael uh, basically complied. And he said that, yes, uh, I'm ready. And he was the firstborn. So that is the point here. Secondly, if you look at the place that is mentioned in the Bible where he was taken to be slaughtered, where the child was to be taken to be sacrificed. The place has been, uh, is referred as Moriah or Moriah. I referred to it in the beginning as well. And among biblical s- scholars, there's a dispute that where this place is le- located. I mean, they're, they're not very clear on it. But if you read about where Prophet Ishmael was left by his father, as mentioned in the Bible, as well as in the Holy Quran, where he and his mother were left, that place is, you know, around that area, there is a mountain called uh, Marwa, And Marwa is a very close der- derivative of the, uh, you know, uh, or very close in sound to the word mentioned in the Bible where this incident took place. That is Moriah or Moriah, right? So this is the same place, the same place where Prophet Ishmael, uh, basically right from his uh, infancy, this is where he grew up, around these hills, Right? In in the in the Holy Quran we learned that uh, when uh, Prophet Ishmael and his mother Hagar were uh, were there you know were left by Prophet Abraham um, the mother of Ishmael ran between the mountains that the the, you know mountain of Marwa and Safa ran between them constantly to find water for the child so this mountain is very very popular um, you know in Islamic literature as well as generally when you read the history where uh, Prophet Ishmael was left by his father right in that area the mountain of um, uh, Moriah is there or Marwa is there as we as we uh, know it from Arabic or in the Bible as it is written Moriah. So for this very reason, I mean um, up till uh, early years of Islam because it is believed that it was on the mountain of Marwa that Prophet Abraham had brought his son to be slaughtered. So for this very reason, as I said, Um, On top of that mountain the pilgrims that used to come to Mecca used to slaughter their animals Commemorating or remembering the sacrifice of Prophet Abraham Or Prophet and his son Prophet Ishmael The reason they did it there is because they believed that this was the very place where Prophet Ishmael was to be slaughtered So even uh, you know the Muslims that travel used to travel to, pil- uh, to perform their pilgrimage. That was the site where the sa- animal sacrifice was supposed to take place. But later on, as the years went on, the amount of pilgrims was so much that it was not possible for all of them to go there and slaughter their animals. So another area was dedicated for it. Otherwise, as Muslims travel for their pilgrimage, uh, their spiritual pilgrimage once a year uh, from Iraq across the globe to Mecca, they would have still been slaughtering their animals at the, on top of that mountain, Merwa, which is also indicated in the Bible as Moriah, uh, where the child was to be sacrificed. So who lived in that region? It was Prophet Ishmael, not Isaac. So because Prophet Ishmael was living, grew up around that mountain, it can very easily be understood that the Bible also referred or meant to say Prophet Ishmael, uh, as we can see uh, where this mountain is located. Thirdly, you look at uh, uh, chapter 22, the verses that I quoted earlier, verse 1 and 2. Bible is contradicting itself there and giving us an evidence, a proof, that it was Ishmael who was slaughtered, who was sacrificed. It was not Isaac. What does the verse say? I read it again. It says that, Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love." Isaac and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. What does God say? God says, Take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac. That's that's the key
1: word. That's the key word. word. Your only son. Your
0: only son. Who was the only son? Was it Isaac? Isaac was never the only son of Prophet Abraham. As I mentioned earlier, Prophet Ishmael was born when Prophet Abraham's age was 86 years. And this is mentioned in the book of Genesis, chapter 16, verse 15, that uh, Prophet Abraham was 86 years of age when Prophet Ishmael was born. So for 13, 14 long years, he was the only son. He was the only son of Prophet Abraham. And when was Prophet Isaac born? He was born when Prophet Abraham was 100 years old. And it is according to uh, to the uh, to the book of Genesis, chapter twenty one, verse five. So it is very clear from these verses that um, Isaac was never the only son. This is a contradiction in the same verse of the Bible, which one in, in one place it's saying that it is Isaac who should be slaughtered, but then it is also saying the only son. Isaac was never the only son. The only son title could only be applied to Prophet Ishmael for good 1314 long years and then again I mean uh, there are other references as well that uh, that point to the same idea or prove the same point but um, you can again see that Holy Quran is very correct and clear that it was Prophet Ishmael who was the first son and for a long period the only son of Abraham that was to be slaughtered that was to be sacrificed but it, again, I mean, it is only because of some sort of enmity and uh, jealousy or hatred. It appears that uh, some of the biblical scholars have taken out the name of Ishmael because of the prophecies and other things that it, it, it referred to and replaced it with Isaac and still left these contradictions and clues there that for anyone who, can, who pays attention can clearly see that it was Prophet Ishmael that was asked to be sacrificed, not Prophet Isaac.
1: Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim. And I always say in answer to the question that people always ask that why should God send the Holy Quran when He has already sent down the Holy Bible and is with us? The answer is short and simple. You know, the Holy Bible is if you even take from the the Old Testament starting from Genesis, it, it it preceded the Holy Quran for close to 2000 years before the Holy Quran was revealed and that time in those days, the the, the ability to protect these scriptures, I mean this text, the text of the Bible was not as today we can easily protect any book from human interference. So it is for this reason, some of these errors that, you know, um, found their ways into the Bible it is for that reason that Allah the Almighty sent down, I mean, the Holy Quran and did not just send it, but then he also ensured that there are, you know, ways to protect the Holy Quran. And among them is the ability to memorize it, which no other scripture has ever enjoyed. The Holy Quran is the only book from God which can be memorized and which has been memorized by millions of people, and for that reason, nobody could alter any word from it. And without the Holy Quran, some of these you know, confusions could have persisted in the Holy Bible. Last week, we spoke about Adam and Eve, the, you know, the controversies in that story, which does not make any point when you read them and add them. And with your you know, guidance and you know, um, you know, explanation, you cleared all those misconceptions. And today we are looking at this Interesting story which clearly states that the prophet Abraham was told to sacrifice his only son. And then they bring the name Isaac. And the question you are asking is that at what point in the life of the prophet Abraham did Isaac become his only son? It was only the prophet Ishmael who enjoyed the right of being the only son of prophet Abraham for 14 good years. With this, you give references from the book of Genesis chapter 16 verse 15. That is when Ishmael was born, the prophet Abraham was 86 years. And when Isaac was born in chapter 21 verse 5 of the same Genesis, he was 100 years. That is 14 clear years difference. And if God was telling him, God was testing him to sacrifice the only child he had, at a particular point in time, it could never be Isaac but Ishmael. Of course, from the Bible, it appears that um, Hazard Isaac enjoyed some kind of special, you know, preference um, with respect to covenant. What is the actual situation, Imam Tariq? Uh,
0: yes, Bible does portray uh, Prophet Isaac as being, you know, in some ways the promised son, some kind of covenant, there being with him. and. Uh, Uh, you know some sort of an attempt to say that he was uh, more special he was special compared to his brother prophet Ishmael but I mean um, you can see that there are other verses in the bible which indicate that this idea this uh, concept is completely wrong but where is this concept coming from Uh, in in the bible in Galatians uh, Saint Paul has written that but he who was of the bond woman was born after the flesh but he of the free woman was by promise so here talking about Ishmael and Isaac um, this statement this assumption has been made that one is ordinary and the other was born through a promise and you know he was to fulfill things and again these are completely false assumptions completely going against the words of Bible itself and again as we know Uh, that Bible has gone through so many changes and alteration, you know, uh, has been altered so many times. Um, That's why you see these uh, sort of contradictions in it, which highlight that uh, something has, is, is, you know, is wrong. Something is missing. Something has been pulled out and maybe some things have been added. So again, when you look at the uh, verses from the Bible, it becomes very clear that both children, Isaac, as well as Ishmael, the older brother, both Uh, They were you know prophecies. They were uh, glad tidings. They were covenant in a way regarding both of them First we take a look at uh, the book of Genesis and the chapter 17 verses 19 to 21. What does this say it says and God said Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed and thou shall call his name Isaac And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at at this set time in the next year. So these are, you know, taken from Genesis uh, chapter 17, verses 19 to 21. Right before this, Prophet Abraham is praying for his son, Prophet Ishmael, who's already born and maybe, you know, 13, 14 years of age. And uh, so he's praying for him. And what does God say about him? It says, and as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. The prayers that Prophet Abraham was making for Prophet Ishmael, God did not neglect those prayers. God did not reject those prayers. He says, "I have heard your prayers." And then, what does he, God say about him? He gives so many glad tidings. I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful. Will multiply him exceedingly. You know, princes will be born from him, leaders will be born from him, and I will make a great make him a great nation. So all these. What are these? These are prophecies. These are, uh, you know, God is showing that he's going to to show love for prophet Ishmael as well. He's not saying that I'm not going to show love for Isaac, but he's saying I'm going to show love for both of them. And I will, uh, you know, both of them, the progenies of both of them will go on and excel and lots of things will take place through them. Another reference to consider here is also from Genesis chapter 16, verses 7 to 12. This one says that, And the angel of the Lord found her, that is, the mother of Ishmael, Hagar, found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And the the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because thy Lord has heard thy affliction and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So this is taken from Genesis 16. Verses 7 to 12 and here again, you see that even before prophet Ishmael is born so many good words uh, You know prophetic words are said by God Almighty of the things that prophet Ishmael was supposed to achieve in his life And he also God Almighty also said that there will be Animosity against that against this child There will be people who will speak against him at time to time and that is exactly what I see fulfilled Uh, In the Bible, when the name where prophets Ishmael's name were mentioned in the Bible in certain places and certain incident has been taken out and a certain special rank is, you know, um, just on their own gifted to Isaac from the people. This is basically fulfillment of these words uh, that God Almighty revealed to the mother of Ishmael. And I quote these words again, his hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So that, you know, this is another fulfillment of these verses. But what my point from these um, presenting these verses is that just like Prophet Isaac had special, uh, you know, covenant or promise. Similarly, uh, or in a similar fashion, Prophet Ishmael was also given glad tidings or there were glad tidings or prophecies or covenant regarding him as well and of the things that he was going to achieve. The first verse that I recited from Genesis 17, um, if anything, you know, the verse that mentions covenant regarding uh, Isaac and then also the glad tidings of the covenant regarding prophet Ishmael. If this verse tells us anything, it is that both will receive, both will receive from the covenant or both will have children or progeny that will excel. But regarding Isaac, that covenant will be fulfilled first. For this reason, Prophet Isaac had the son, Prophet Jacob, right? And through him, many, many prophets, many great prophets were born, such as Prophet Moses, for example, and then later, Prophet Jesus also. But then the covenant that was made to Prophet Ishmael was also going to be fulfilled. So what happened? For some time, you know, maybe there were not any prophets after Ishmael, perhaps, but the greatest of all of the prophets ever born were born from the progeny of Prophet Ishmael that is the founder of Islam, Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him. And that is where God Almighty is saying that, you know, I will make him a great nation and many great things were to be achieved through him. And this is how uh, the covenant did apply to both because glad tidings were given regarding both neither one of them was you know in a way uh, you cannot say that isaac was more special than uh, than ishmael if anything ishmael was more special because that greatest of the prophets were to be born through him but then again without even going into that argument both were given glad tidings and both were uh, you know supposed to uh, raise a generation or a progeny that was going to uh, bring prophets and bring people to guidance through those prophets. Again, another verse, this is also from uh, the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 17, verses 6 to 9. And God Almighty is speaking to Prophet Abraham here. And God says, And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed, after thee in their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, and I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, stranger all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. So here, if you notice, some of the things here have been mentioned um, that were said regarding Prophet Isaac and some of the things regarding Prophet Ishmael. So this indicates that all the things said here are not applying to one child. They're applying to both of them. Both of them uh, were given a special covenant or a promise and the things, extraordinary things were supposed to take place through them, right? Both were supposed to inherit that spirituality from their father in a way. And that was supposed to continue in the generation of both of them. Because God Almighty does not say Isaac here, says thy seed. And of course both were the children of Prophet Abraham and this, you know, generally uh, in a a universal manner is applying to all the children of Prophet Abraham, that is Prophet Ishmael, the older son, and Prophet Isaac, the younger son.
1: Thank you very much Imam Tariq Azim for the wonderful explanation. And if you just joined us, you are listening to the message of Islam. Brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. You can send us your messages and you know questions via our WhatsApp number that is 8762839533. And if you missed the beginning of this program, visit our official Facebook page that is that is facebook.com/slash And of course, that is the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat Jamaica's. Facebook page where you would enjoy this and the previous episodes. Today on Message of Islam, we are looking at the sacrifice that Abraham was supposed to have made uh, with his son. That is one of his sons. The Bible suggests that it was uh, the sacrifice was meant for Isaac, but the Holy Quran clearly states that it was Ishmael. And then the Bible also states that God said that Abraham should take his only son. Highlight it, your only son. And from the Bible, we learn that Hazard Ishmael was 14 years older than Isaac. And at no point in the life of the prophet Isaac did he become the only son of the prophet Abraham. So if God was saying that Abraham, the prophet, should take his only son, it, it could never have been referred to uh, the prophet Isaac. But then the prophet Ishmael was the one whose you know, name was being told. However, the name of Isaac is inserted in that same statement, which says that take your only son. And this is the controversy that we are resolving. And you heard Imam Tariq Azim beautifully explaining some of the circumstances that might have, you know, led to this anomaly in the the Bible. And the Holy Quran clearly states that it was when the prophet Abraham intended to sacrifice the only son he had, that is Ishmael, that is when Allah the Almighty gave him the promise that I'm going to give you even another son. His name shall be Isaac. So this is clearly what, um, you know, the Holy Quran says as opposed to what the Bible, you know, suggests. But when you explain, some people are of the view that Ishmael was born from, what they say, a maid, servant. And to them, she was not married. So that could not um, give him that you know, right of being the son of prophet Abraham. Was Hagar married to the prophet Abraham?
0: um you see when you read the circumstances in which uh, through which uh, prophet abraham eventually uh, you know married or found first of all found um, hagar you would realize that it's no there is no possibility that she could have been a maid or a slave or something like that why were the you know Prophet Abraham and his wife migrating or traveling? They were traveling because of the challenges they faced in their own country. If you think about it, when they're fleeing from their the situation they were in and what they had on them, they had very limited means of survival. And yet instead of going out and purchasing food and other necessities of life, according to you know this idea that she was a she was a slave, Hagar. Uh, the uh, Prophet Abraham and his wife Sarah are going to buy a slave before they even have the means to take care of them basic survival means and Then not just an any ordinary slave or you know handmaid that they're they're buying They're going approaching the king and asking him to provide the you know the the slave basically So what is really happening in this situation is when you read the story from the beginning is that? prophet Abraham And his wife, Sarah, they migrate uh, or they're basically, you know, on their journey, they're migrating from their home country where they were living before. They come to Egypt and in Egypt, the king wants to marry or wants to, uh, you know, basically uh, marry or have relations with the wife of Prophet Abraham because he thinks that she is not married. And later on, after some development in this story, what happens is that he becomes uh, remorseful or, you know, uh, apologetic because of some other problems that start to plague him and his people. He basically uh, wants to make amends. And what he does is that he says that, you know, uh, he gives basically his daughter or a close relative of his uh, to Sarah, uh, as a friendly gesture of friendliness, right to to say that you know everything is even um, you know or, or to show that uh, you know whatever there there are no harsh feelings. She he gives um, some scholars have written that it was his daughter Hagar was the daughter of the king and a king would never be giving his daughter as a slave to any person. This is this is a completely wrong idea, or even anyone from his own uh, you know family, he would not treat them that way. He would show them the respect of being a noble woman, right? Noble women. So in this case, the it was a gift to Sarah, the wife of Prophet Abraham, but more as a guardian to take care and raise that that girl, that that person, not as a slave. This is a completely wrong understanding. Hagar came under the guardianship of um, Sarah and she took care of her, raised her and did different things, you know, for her. Then later on, um, because now she was the guardian, she could marry him, marry her to any person that, that, you know, that she thought was appropriate uh, for her. But because she didn't have any children, so she thought that it would be appropriate because she was Hagar, even though was under the guardianship of Sarah, she was not her daughter or sister or any uh, biological relation. So for that reason, she offered, um, you know, or allowed her marriage to take place with Prophet Abraham. And as I said, she could have done, uh, have her, you know, had her marry any man. And she decided that looking at our circumstances, our situation, she should marry prophet abraham so that at least we could have or prophet abraham could have children and the prophecies that are regarding the children that he's supposed to have at least could be fulfilled so that was her thinking that was her approach and that's why she uh, was married to prophet abraham and she was never a slave never a bondwoman, never a handmaid or any of those words that are sometimes used in the bible or in some of the biblical scriptures regarding her she was from a noble family She was under the guardianship of Sarah, uh, wife of Prophet Abraham. And then eventually she thought that or she decided that she should marry Prophet Abraham for the reasons that I mentioned. And to assume that Prophet Abraham, God forbid, had relations with any woman outside of marriage, it's completely, you know, blasphemous thought, blasphemous idea. One cannot ascribe such uh, beliefs to prophets, such thoughts to prophets. Prophet Abraham, who's the father of the prophets, referred to as father of the prophets, who's, you know, in the Holy Quran as well as in the Bible has been referred to in, in many, many, is, is remembered in many, many good words. How can one assume, how can one say that he had uh, you know uh, relations outside of his outside of the marriage. So if you look at the situation as a whole, without any bias, you realize that uh, Prophet Abraham certainly was married to Hagar, and his you know his children with Hagar, that is Prophet Ishmael, was from from that wedlock, from that marriage. And uh, any other opinion cannot be tolerated because it goes against the scriptures, goes against the the honor of Prophet Abraham. And all those others involved in this case.
1: So you have explained the circumstances that led to um, the Prophet Abraham having been given um, Hagar, and this is, I mean, referenced, you know, in the Bible from three basic sources. And interestingly, there are some contradictions also even in that story. First of all, if you read from Genesis chapter 12 verse 10 up to 20, it talks about a story between the prophet Abraham, who then was called Abram, Abram and Pharaoh. And it states that, as you clearly stated, that they left where they were because of famine. They were leaving their area because of hunger, and they went to Egypt. Now, when they went, um, apparently the king saw the wife that is Sarah to be beautiful and he wanted to have her and in order to hide himself either not to be killed by the king and taking the wife Abraham is said to have told the wife that say you are my sister and for that reason the king wanted to have affair with, with the wife then God intervened and brought some kind of a situation by way of plague and the king, having realized that he was doing such a heinous you know, um, crime or act against the prophet of God, he gave him several gifts of value, including his own daughter. See, I give my daughter to you to pacify whatever wrong I had intended to do. So this girl was a princess, and the father was a king. So how can a princess be a slave. And as you stated clearly, how could Abraham who was running for his life, leaving his area because of hunger, could have gone to Egypt and to purchase a slave, and not any other slave on the slave market, but then the daughter of a king who was so powerful that he was even afraid that this king would kill him and take his wife. It doesn't make sense in any way, but of course this is not just the only situation. If we look at the same story as i mentioned it is clear that the bible contradicts itself in many cases now if you read from genesis chapter 20 verse 1 to 16 the same thing is said about abraham abraham and abimelech abimelech was not a pharaoh so they are referring to a completely different person that the same story abraham went to you know egypt and he met Abimelech, who was a king, and this and this and this. He wanted to take his wife, Sarah. Just read in details, and you realize that this is the same story being narrated, but then with two different characters. To make it even more worth, if you read from Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 to 13 and 33, now the story is no longer between Abraham and any king, whether the Pharaoh or Abimelech, but it is between Isaac and Abimelech. Isaac went to, I mean, Egypt and, you know, they migrated from famine of their area and Abimelech wanted to take, I mean, um, Rebecca. Just look at this. So if this clear contradiction could exist in the Bible, why wouldn't they, you know, substitute the name of Isaac for Ishmael? Imam Tariq Azim, I would want to, you know, ask you to give us an idea. A lot has been said about the prophet ishmael and a lot has been said about the prophet isaac we know from the bible that the descendants god promised them equal that he was going to give you know um, followers and generation of pious men to isaac and also to ishmael but then largely people know only from the side of uh you know prophet isaac that is he gave birth to jacob jacob gave birth to you know the 12 children including them was um joseph who was sold into slavery and they stayed in Egypt under slavery for over 300 years and then God raised, raised a prophet from among them who was Moses who are the descendants and where are the descendants of the prophet Ishmael
0: according uh, to the Bible as well as history we see that uh, prophet Ishmael had 12 children and the name of names of them are mentioned in various places uh, but where they are located, that is what is more important here because of shortness of time. I will just move on to this um, one verse or one you know, passage from the Bible. This is taken from Isaiah, uh, book of Isaiah, chapter 21, verses 13 to 17. It says, A prophecy against Arabia, You caravans of Dedanites who camp in the thickets of Arabia, bring water for the thirsty you who live in Tema. bring food for the fugitives they flee from the sword from the drawn sword from the bent bow and from the heat of battle this is what the lord says to me within one year as a servant bound by contract would count it all the splendor of kedar will come to an end The survivors of the archers, the warriors of Kedar will be few. The Lord, the God of Israel has spoken. So these verses uh, are referring to uh, at least two of the children of Prophet Ishmael. Those are Kedar and Tema. And uh, where is Bible placing them, putting them? Bible is putting them in Arabia. So Prophet Ishmael. Uh, he was left by his uh, uh, father, Prophet Abraham, in the land of Arabia. At that time, the land, you know, uh, it was uh, previously referred to as Bakkah, and the name gradually changed to Mecca, what is or what we know it as today. So, the descendants of Prophet Ishmael uh, were living in Arabia. And uh, again, as I mentioned, the Bible here in the in the Book of Isaiah has referred to it. And it was from the progeny of uh, Prophet Ishmael that the founder of Islam, Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him, he was born. So again, there, as I said, he had 12 sons and uh, you know his children, as was the uh, promise of God regarding him, that god would multiply him and his children and that they would be you know exceeding in numbers so there is a a lot you can research and study on where and you know which parts of arabia and where else they lived but one thing uh, we know for a fact that prophet holy prophet muhammad prophet muhammad peace and blessings of god be upon him uh, who is a descendant of prophet ishmael uh, resided in arabia as did many of uh, other children of Prophet, uh, Prophet Ishmael.
1: There is one thing which also lays support, strong support to the conclusion that the child that was meant for the sacrifice, the child that was intended to be killed, was Hazrat Ishmael. If you come to Islam, there is this festival. Basically, there are two you know, biggest festivals in Islam. That is the Idil fitr and also the Idil adha and this is also the same month that Muslims go to Hajj, perform their pilgrimage to the house of Allah. What is the significance of Idul Adha? That is the festival of sacrifice.
0: Yes, uh, Idul Adha, which is uh, you know very close, uh, will be celebrated in a few days. Um, Idul Adha, it, is, it, the, it translates into festival of sacrifice. What sacrifice? It is the sacrifice that Prophet Abraham made or was readily making of his son, slaughtering or sacrificing his son. And that is the sacrifice that the Muslims around the globe remember, and uh, they take many lessons from it. Perhaps the time will not permit us to go into the lessons that we we can take, or at least not in detail, that we can take from, uh, from Eid al-Adha. But at the same time, one thing becomes very clear. When you look at, uh, you know, uh, Different religions such as Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Which of these religions celebrates or remembers the sacrifice of uh, Prophet uh, of you know Prophet Abraham's son being sacrificed? It is Islam. Prophet Ishmael that was uh, you know um, basically was a forefather of Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. And among Arabs, and particularly among Arabs, even before Islam, but in Islam, till this day, we commemorate, we remember that sacrifice, and it is a very, very clear indication that it was Prophet Ishmael that was taken up on the mountain uh, to be slaughtered, to be sacrificed, not Prophet Isaac, because among Jude, among you know the followers of Judaism, among the followers of Christians, Christianity, we do not find any such practice. Uh, of uh, you know commemorating or remembering the sacrifice so uh, this is another very very clear proof, as you also mentioned that it was prophet Ishmael that was uh, that was you know basically uh, ready to be sacrificed, not prophet Isaac. but what lessons we learned from it um, you know th- there are several lessons as I already said, and I had jotted them down but uh, just to keep it short, the simplest and the shortest most important lesson is for us, that we should always be ready to make sacrifices in our life, in our lives, for the sake of God Almighty. Look at the example of Prophet Abraham when God Almighty told him that uh, you know showed him in a dream that you need to sacrifice your son, slaughter your son, and it at that time in you know in the uh, in the history it was uh, it was not, it had not been made illegal. It had not been declared by God Almighty through revelation that this. Sacrifice human sacrifice is forbidden. So when Prophet Abraham went or took his son to slaughter him God Almighty uh, Put an end to that practice that was common among people at that time that they would slaughter their firstborns So that practice was put to an end But this message was given that you should always be ready to make sacrifices for the sake of God whenever God commands you whatever God commands you It will be for your own benefit, but make sure that you follow it and you abide by it. So this is the, you know, in short and simple, this is the message given uh, in in Eid al-Adha, the festival of sacrifice in Islam, that as Muslims, we should ever be ready to sacrifice ourselves, our children, uh, for the sake of God Almighty, for the sake of humanity, for the protection, for the guarding of our country, or any other noble cause. And this is the message that uh, you know we should all take away from Eid al-Adha, the festival of sacrifice.
1: Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim. And if you just joined us, you are listening to the message of Islam. Brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. Today we are discussing... Who was sacrificed or who was intended to be sacrificed by the prophet Abraham? We read from the Bible and also from the Holy Quran that God had told him to sacrifice his only child. This is the test that is unprecedented in the history of mankind that a person who is of this old age would decide to sacrifice. One child. And it is interesting, people would just you know, interpret dreams to suit their own circumstances. So he was free to have interpreted the dream in any way that would suit him. But the Holy Quran says that when he had this dream, he told his son. And the son said, Father, do what you have been commanded to do. If God will, you will find me among those who are you know, steadfast. So this is also to us no children, that we should be obedient to the, you know, our parents with respect to the word of God. And then also the wife, who was the mother of the child also accepted. Imam Tariq Azim, I have just one question that if you could briefly uh, you know, take us through. What is Hajj and um, what is its relevance in Islam? Uh,
0: in Islam, there are five pillars. We learned them that uh, there are five pillars in Islam and uh, one of them is pilgrimage to Mecca that is that if one has the means to travel to Mecca uh, in their lifetime anytime at least once in their lifetime they should make this journey go to Mecca and perform the pilgrimage and this pilgrimage is known as Hajj the term that you have used Um, the Hajj or the pilgrimage it's a it's a you know in a way f- uh, five six days long um, basically activity or I should say a form of worship which consists of several different activities firstly there is a Tawaf which is circuiting the Kaaba and then there's like another one is sa'i, which is walking or running between Safa and Marwa two mountains in commemoration or remembering uh, you know mother of Ishmael prophet Ishmael who ran between those two mountains looking searching for water uh, to give to her son who was you know at the brink of death at that time and then another one is Rami al-Jamarat which is stoning of three particular structures uh, in there in that area to indicate that we shun Uh, Evil. We shun, uh, you know, uh, devil or all these evil thoughts. It's basically uh, a a reminder to ourselves that we we are uh, basically trying to cleanse, clean ourselves from any evil thoughts, and we are killing the evil or devil inside of us. Then it also consists of sacrifice of animals, and uh, you know, particularly those who are um, in Makkah to perform the pilgrimage, they sacrifice. Uh, animals upon completion of their pilgrimage or closer to that. And then similarly, Muslims around the globe also, uh, after celebration of Eid al-Adha, they sacrifice uh, an, an animal such as goat or a sheep or, you know, similar to uh, for to remember basically the sacrifice of Prophet Abraham when he was ready to slaughter his son. But God Almighty said that instead slaughter this, uh, this uh, other animal. Then uh, there's another step. That is of shaving of the head, uh, basically to indicate that, you know, we we are basically, uh, it's a new birth, basically. Right. So these are just different steps. Some of the steps I have mentioned and I said, as I said, that this is a um, a several days long uh, uh, worship, which consists of several different activities. And, uh, you know, again, this is only between only. Uh, to be done once in a lifetime as a requirement, but anyone, if someone can do it more, they are welcome to do so. But if someone does not have the means to perform pilgrimage in their lifetime, then as uh, you know, uh, the intention, if the intention is there, God Almighty will judge us by our intentions. Uh, but if the means do become available, we should certainly perform. Uh, the pilgrimage, as it is one of the pillars of Islam, one of the fa- you know basic um, uh, worship rites that need to be performed during one's lifetime.
1: Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim. And with this, um, it is clear that even the Hajj, which is one of the five pillars, fundamental pillars of Islam, also lays support to the fact that. It was the prophet ishmael who was intended for the sacrifice because as you said among the children and the generation of the prophet isaac i mean from the israelites to christianity there is no such festival which is observed to commemorate that auspicious sacrifice that was intended to be carried out however there is no doubt about the fact that the people of arabia uh, the direct generation of the Prophet Ishmael, and they practice this, you know, annual ritual commemorating the sacrifice until the advent of Islam, which Islam also incorporated, for us to, you know, learn the spirit of sacrifice. So this is also another important fact to lay support on the fact that it was Hazrat Ishmael who was intended for this sacrifice. And if you read from the Bible, there are quite a number of instances where there has been attempt to snatch what is rightly due to some people. If you look at even the same Isaac, who is at the center of this controversy, when he became older and uh, he became blind, it is reported that he told one of his sons, Esau, to go capture some animal, prepare some food for him so that he will bless him. When he was saying it, the mother heard it and told Jacob to go get a sheep, prepare the food for the father so that the father would bless him in order to steal or to rob the blessing from his brother Esau. It is just an interesting story that you find in the Bible in some cases that blessing could be for sale, that a person could you know, steal blessing. And even if the father was blind, God is the one who is in charge of blessing. God did not also see and he blessed Jacob. And the same jealousy transferred onto their children when you know the 11 brothers of Joseph, out of the same hatred, they also wanted to kill their own brother which landed them in slavery. Of course, this is all that time would allow us on today's episode on Message of Islam. Until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat in Jamaica. It's love for all and hatred for none. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa
0: barakatuhu.
1: a